Welcome in, by all means, right here on Western Reserve Radio, Season 2, Episode 13, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Visit MillCreekMetroParks.org for more information. Find us on Facebook, Western Reserve Radio, on Twitter, at Western Reserve Radio. Download the Live 365 or TuneIn apps, or go to WesternReserveRadio.com for more information. Before we get started, I want to tell you about a golf outing. I want to encourage everyone to participate in. It is at the Chippewa Golf Club in Doylestown, Ohio. It is the Hal Narragon Charity Golf Outing. It benefits the Hal Narragon Memorial Scholarship Fund for Barberton High School graduates. Of course, Hal Narragon was a catcher for the 1954 Cleveland Indians. He was on that World Series team. And uh, that is a great cause to go golf and support. And if you would like more information, you can go to HalNaragon.com for more information. Jumping right into today's show, we are joined by the former head basketball coach at Poland High School, now retired, Coach Grisdale. Coach, first off, thank you for joining us post-retirement handling. Retirement is good. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I, re- I retired from teaching about six years ago and, and hung on for basketball for six more. You look at your accomplishments at Poland, 28 years, 506 wins, 21 sectional titles, 10 district titles, three regional championships, and the 49th coach in Ohio to win 500 games. Have you had a chance to reflect on all of those unbelievable accomplishments? It, it's starting to sink in. You know, when you're doing it, you know, you just you're listen, working for the next day, pre- preparing for the next practice, preparing for the next game. But now starting to to realize, I've walked in the locker room a few, few times and and saw a lot of the mementos that we have up, recognizing a lot of those accomplishments. And you know, it's starting to sink in, but it's a, it's a good feeling. It's a great feeling of accomplishment. I know you've in so many big games. Can you reflect on a couple of really fond memories, games you coached in. Oh, there there are so many, but I, I guess. If you go back to 2007, you know, had a had a real nice team. We we won our district, and we were playing Painesville Harvey in the first round of the regional. And Painesville Harvey was was loaded. They were they were a great team, and you know, we just knew we had to maintain tempo and and be able to take advantage. We had a big kid, Luca Pola, inside. And we were able to keep the game close, and then we hit a three with uh, less than a minute to go on a off a set. Chris Lovell, you know, caught the caught the ball top of the key and drained it. And we went to state that year. We won that game, then beat Benedictine the next the next uh, that Saturday and made it to state for the the third time. Now, if I remember correctly, did you have an opportunity to coach against LeBron when he was in high school too? Well, he wanted a good memory. <laughs> That was more of a nightmare, but yes, right. In 2002, uh, we you know, we went to the regionals, beat a really tough Canton South team, and then beat Akron East, and made it to Columbus. And there was uh, LeBron and his boys. And we, had, unfortunately, after a quarter and a half, it kind of the the roof kind of fell in. But we had we played well, and you know they were dynamite. You know, in your coaching tenure, we've seen the game change quite a bit. Uh, you know, I remember, was it late 80s, maybe early 90s, Ohio added the three-point shot, which has just become so big across the basketball landscape. How much do you think adding the three-point shot has changed the high school game? 
I think it's changed it immensely. Um, you know, I know that it, it changed us a ton as time went on. I mean, if you have good shooters, you know, it changes the way you're going to play, you know, without saying. But um, just it stretches defenses. It, you know, it doesn't prioritize the paint game as much. And, you know, it, it's followed the course that the NBA and and college is gone. When you look at the way the high school game has changed over the years, especially here locally, it, it seems like uh, the big man, the, the taller player, 6'5 or over, uh, there really isn't a lot of that in this area anymore, and the game has kind of had to change to uh, more of a guard-oriented game. Do you think that's high school in general, or the fact that there really aren't the big guys there used to be in the game? Well, I know around here, and I know in 28 years of Poland, I, I had I had very seldom had had big kids. We were more of a forward guard oriented team, you know, and you, more five out, you know, trying to create, you know, more open lanes for penetration, either get a layup or kick it for a three. Where you know that's the philosophy of a lot of people right now. But we just don't have the big bodies, and there haven't been a lot of big bodies in the area in quite a while. You mentioned that you retired from teaching a few years ago. Why, after this season, was it time to step away from coaching as well? Well, family comes first, and, you know, my daughter is going to graduate high school this year, and she would like to play uh, basketball in college, and there's no way that I was going to be able to to be in the gym practicing and games and, and not be able to, to follow her. Um, she's the most important thing in my life, and, you know, I want to make sure that I can see everything that she does. I only get to do this once because I, I only have one kid. How different is it knowing as good a player as your daughter is, and I'm sure she's being heavily recruited, do you, I mean, how do you look at it? You know as a coach, but you're also, you know, dad in, in the recruiting process to find the best place for her to play at the next level. Yeah, it's been quite a challenge, um, to be honest with you. This year, the kids from this year and the kids next year are really running into a lot of hurdles when it comes to recruiting. You know, the NCAA granted all the players that are in school right now an extra year. So if you were a junior this year or a junior next year, and they opened up, you know, if you want to transfer, you know, there's no penalty. You used to have to, if you've transferred, unless there was an exception, um, you were going to have to sit out a year. So right now it's, you know, it's really hard. The class of 21, and I think the class of 22 is going to get hit by it as well. But it's it's been challenging. But, you know, I, I do believe, um, you know, as it as it winds down, you know, she's going to end out of play and end out of the place that's the right place for her. When you look at how the high school game has changed over your 28 years, one of the things I've always been curious about is Ohio has never added the shot clock at the high school level. Would you be in favor of it? Do you think it could work at the high school level here in Ohio? I would tell you, in most cases, you know, the shot clock probably wouldn't even come into play. You know, a lot of the years, you know, that I've coached, to me, you know, if you have a 30-second shot clock or, or higher, I mean, there's very few possessions in a game that actually last that long. But I would also tell you, you know, we wouldn't have beat Warren Harding. We wouldn't have beaten Painesville Harvey. We wouldn't have beat some of the people we've beat over the years if, we, if there was a shot clock because it kind of takes strategy out of the game. When you look at some of the ways that that game has changed uh, as well uh, with the different things that we've talked about, uh, one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and even there at Poland and many other schools, the gyms have just gotten so much bigger, so much brighter, uh, so much nicer than they were years ago. Do you think that uh, you know being better lit, do you think that uh, contributes to better play for games uh, around the Valley? 
Yeah, I, I think it does. I think, number one, something new or nicer, you know, it attracts kids. Kids like things like that. But I think the opener, the more open the gyms have become, um, you know, the crowds right aren't, aren't, aren't right on top of you. And, you know, the facilities are so much better upkept right now. I mean, I can remember back playing in, in you know, down at East Palestine, you know, where, you know, you had a restraining line. Most people wouldn't even know what a restraining line is. But, you know, it, it definitely has made – you know, made the game safer and better for the kids. How do you think the the explosion of you know, AAU basketball and the fact that you know you pretty much can play the game year round? Do you think that's helped, or is it making it more difficult for student athletes that want to play multiple sports? To be honest with you, I think it, I think all the year round stuff is hurting hurting kids. I think it's if you look at the numbers, the numbers are down. Um, enrollment's down, but the numbers are down that of kids participating in different sports because of the year-round nature that that everything is headed towards. I, I mean, I, I don't think I don't think we've gotten better. I think we just put more time in, and I think it hurts kids. When you look at just everything that's happened with basketball in, in this area, we've kind of gone through ebbs and flows over the years of being really solid, or we've had some years where we have struggled. It, it seems like that's even carried over in, in high school football in an area that we're known for our high school football. Is that just the natural ebb and flow of things, or uh, is it one of those where the basketball might just be down a little bit in the valley? I think um, I think it just it's cyclical. Um, you know, I think there I think people are are playing. I mean, I think the basketball the, the the strategies that are being applied right now are more challenging than they've ever been. I just think the the depth is down. The enroll the lack of enrollment or the lower enrollments in this area has really hurt the depth. And I think year round sports has really hurt depth because now kids, you know, kids think they have to specialize. And you know, I, and I think sometimes some years you have some really good teams, and you know, other years. You know, you're going to have some average teams, and that's just the, the nature of high school athletics around here. Will you be involved in the process of founding your 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 successor with the, with the Poland basketball program, or you at least be someone that they will lean on for advice of what the next realm of basketball might be for the Bulldogs? I I'm trying to stay out of it. Uh, I have I have an idea who I would like to take it, but I don't think it's fair. Um, I think they need to to be able to to talk to other people and and see what they think you know and i mean i i i definitely want someone that was in the program um to take it over because they understand it and it's and it's still in a i think in a really good place but i don't think it's fair that i'd be involved in the process and uh i've asked this to a lot of coaches in the area what do you think it is at poland because i can pick a sport right now coach and it seems like poland is as good at it whether it's you know basketball or football or girls basketball boys basketball softball baseball what is it with the athletic success that poland is going through right now at pretty much every sport i think that there's an expectation um you know and we have kids that are you know that are really you know really committed to athletics i mean you know our our again our numbers have have declined but our quality of of athlete is still still pretty good and they they are very committed they they do put the time in that we ask and they are and they are stretched pretty thin in a year that was one of the most unique and and most challenging 
Uh, for someone that's seen a lot in your time as a high school basketball coach, how did you adjust? How did you keep your players focused on such a challenging and unique season that hopefully none of us ever see again? Yeah, it, it definitely was. Unique and challenging would be two great words, and we just were so thankful to even have the opportunity to have a season. You know, and we 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 worked hard when we we could. Uh, we actually had two 14-day dead periods because of uh, contact tracing. Uh, but the kids did a great job on their own, keeping the ball in their hand and conditioning on their own. But we just were so thankful to have the opportunity to be on the floor. Um, we adjusted. When you have to make those adjustments in in such a unique season. It's one of those where I'm sure you relied on your experienced players, your your seniors, your leaders to kind of carry the ball, if you will, to challenge each challenge and handle them one at a time. Yeah, we we definitely did that. We had we had two senior captains this year, Andrew Senefani and uh, Brody Todd, and I thought they did a great job because I'm not a real tech savvy guy, so there's all the FaceTime, Zoom stuff. You know, I wasn't real good with. Um, but they did a great job communicating with me and then communicating with the guys, and, and, and it meant a lot to them. And, you know, when something means something to you, you're willing to, to do extra or do what you need to do, you know, to prepare yourself. And my hats are off to not only those two, but I had five other seniors as well. Coach, appreciate it. I, I'm really happy we were able to take a couple minutes to, to join us here this evening. I, I know you're excited about uh, uh, what the future holds for your daughter and spending time with your family. Congratulations on a great career there at Poland, and uh, hopefully you have some time to maybe either get the golf clubs out or just sit on the porch and relax for a little while. Definitely. I appreciate you you wanting to talk to me. Um, it, it's fun to be able to to go back and try to you know think about today, but also think about you know some of the past teams and be able to talk about it on the radio and that's kind of neat thank you coach appreciate it thank you very much that was a a former poland boys basketball head coach ken grisdale the numbers they jump off the page at you 506 wins 156 losses 21 sectional titles 10 district titles three regional championships and the 49th coach in ohio high school basketball history to win over 500 games all amazing, amazing accomplishments uh, for Coach Chris Dale there with the Poland basketball program. He has done so much there. And uh, in here, even heard him mention the fact that he had a chance to coach against LeBron in high school. May not have gone the way he wanted, but he did have that opportunity to play in some big-time games. We'll take a break here on a By All Means. When we come back, we'll jump into what's trending right after this. Miss an episode of By All Means, and you can miss a lot. Mark, you're 100% right. He does not get enough credit around the league. He gets, I mean, obviously, you know, Coach Calhoun and, and the assistants and the rest of the players here at Hawaii, you know how valuable he is. He is right now their best player on the floor, hands down. By all means, Tuesdays at 5, right here on Western Reserve Radio and streaming live on westernreserveradio.com.
right back here on By All Means. Thank you to Coach Grisdale from Poland for joining us in the opening segment, talking about his career and the 28 years he coached at Poland and what the future holds for him. It's time for What's Trending. And Dave, unfortunately, what is trending was a very difficult loss for the Youngstown State football team on Saturday night uh, out of Macomb, Illinois, against Western Illinois, a team that came into the game 0-5, and left with a win over Youngstown State, 27-24, and then announced a couple of days later that, uh, you know, due to low numbers and injuries, that their season would be over, and they're not going to play out the final two games of the year. So they'll finish their year with a win over Youngstown State, and that was a game they had ample opportunities to win and just weren't able to close out a game where they had, what was it, I believe at least an 11-point lead, if not more, at some time in the first half, and they end up falling by three. Yeah, eight-point lead going to the locker room into the third quarter. And come out of the third quarter, kicks a field goal. Next thing you know, they uh, there's a uh, uh, Leathernecks score a touchdown. It makes it 24-19. They uh, failed on a two-point pass conversion, which I actually saw that, and wasn't too was wasn't too impressed with their quarterback on that. He had he had an open guy underneath. If he would have shot it, he actually would have made it. Um, instead, he went for the long corner ball, which yeah, that you can do do or die by that pass. And then YSU had ample opportunity to just keep them and shut them down and didn't. And six minutes left to go in the game, they let them score again and ended up with the two point conversion to go up twenty seven twenty four over YSU. But why she just did – they couldn't close it out. Their defense just could not close out the game. Yeah, it was one of those games where they weren't able to just, you know, get over the hump and, and finish off the contest. It was, of course, another fantastic game from junior running back Jaleel McLaughlin, who went up over 100 yards rushing again at 122 yards. It was uh, another strong performance for the freshman quarterback out of Gerard and Mark Wade, who was close to 200 yards through the air. And it's, you know, it's an offense that we've watched kind of in takes steps as the years gone along and it, it didn't help that the game you know two weeks ago was canceled with COVID concerns by the opponent and you know they had a week off with uh, games they will play two more games and then finish up the spring season here in two weeks and it, I mean it is what it is at this time of the year for the Penguins who are one in five now it's about developing young players and finding out what you have in store once hopefully we're closer back to normal and able to play a full season in the fall. And right, and like you were saying, Mark Wade is is really improving. He actually hit nine different targets in that game. So it, his target list is going up. He's getting closer to that 200 mark for total yardage. Um, he was down. He had two interceptions. The one interception, I have no idea why he threw it. It was in the second quarter. That ball should have just been kept but that's a young quarterback he should have thrown it away not even tried for that pass thrown it out of bounds got outside the pocket it just didn't happen so but as the YSU they're growing I mean Mm -hmm. Turner got some nice carries Turner was actually looking really good there in the first quarter when they pulled McLaughlin out 
Yeah, they've got some good depth at that running back position, which is you know, something that traditionally Youngstown State always has. A team that is playing good ball is on the diamond. That's the Youngstown State baseball team. How about Dave? Nine and two in their last 11 in conference, 14 and 13 overall, nine and seven now in the Horizon League, playing exceptional baseball. I had a, a series win over Wright State. They will now travel to Milwaukee this weekend, uh, who is just in front of them in the standings. Milwaukee's uh, 10 and 13 and a 10 and 6 overall and uh, a very experienced baseball team led by a couple senior left-handed pitchers for the penguins and they are playing exceptional baseball right now at the perfect time yeah wise didn't look good coming out this year but they really starting to pick it up in the baseball and the diamond this year so you know what you know i'm not you know not to take credit for anything but ever since we had coach on they've won nine of their last 11 games maybe we're good luck maybe it's us Hey, maybe she need to have him back on next week. Keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Here's something that I was kind of shocked at. I was talking to a couple of people, and uh, you know, somebody said to me, "You know, where's the draft this year?" I'm like, "What do you What do you mean? Where's the draft this year? The draft is in in Cleveland, right where it should be." <laughs> You know, and we don't know a whole lot of details about it. We know it is April 30th, May 1st, and May 2nd. And a lot of things are going to be downtown Cleveland uh, between, you know, the whole area, you know, between Brown Stadium and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's going to be a lot of things spread out across downtown. Of course, you know, all the social distancing things have to be followed properly. But it's one of those where the draft it's going to be closer to normal than it was last year's virtual draft but it's not going to be completely returned to normal but it's heading in that direction it's good to see things like that happening yep and we're hoping we're going to be making hopefully some announcements here soon about that uh draft weekend so just stay tuned to western reserve radio we'll be we'll probably announce it right here on mark's show in uh, hopefully a couple weeks we're we're leaning towards the the draft i mean you think about it what is today today's the sixth the draft is the 30th so we're we're only about what 24 days away yeah Uh, Thursday night the draft begins at eight o'clock with the opening round uh just like it has in in years past and the only thing that's unique to this year if you want to talk about it from a browns perspective they're not picking in the top five they're not picking wait a minute we're not in the top five we're not in the top five really Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's nice That's to what say. What happens when you're a playoff team? It is, and it's nice to say that you're not picking first. So... Not picking first, not picking third, right. not picking the top ten. I believe the Browns are picking mid twenties this year, after being a, a playoff team. And you know, it's something. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. In years past, you put the draft on on Thursday night. The Browns pick in the top five, and you can turn it off for the rest of the night. Yeah, you'd watch it maybe for the first hour, and be like, "Well, we're done. See you later. We'll find out who else we get tomorrow." So yeah, it will be interesting how that draft goes. And again, keep it. 
locked right here for more information on uh, some potentially exciting developments for us here uh, at Western Reserve Radio uh, in the next couple of weeks. want to remind everyone again about the Hal Narragon Celebrity Golf Outing for 2021. That is scheduled for May 8th. That is a Saturday at Chippewa Golf Club. That is in Doylestown, Ohio. Proceeds benefit the Hal Narragon Memorial Scholarship Fund for Barberton High School athletes. If you're not familiar uh, with Mr. Narragon, he was part of the 1954 Indians team. Uh, he also went on to play for the Senators and the Twins and then became a bullpen coach for both the Twins and Tigers before he retired from baseball in, in the late 1960s. If you want more information about the golf outing, you can go to halnarragon.com. That's H A L N A. R-A-G-O-N.com for more information about that golf outing. And, uh, Dave, I know that's somebody you got to know through some friends at work that you introduced me to. Right. And, Actually, uh, Hal's uh, grandson, I worked with him on jobs that I work now up in Cleveland. And uh, that's how we kind of – I got uh, some information on him, and I called you out of nowhere one day and said, Hey, Mark. Uh, ever hear Hal Narragon? And you were like, yeah, why? And I uh, had him on your show that night. So. Yeah, only had a couple of at-bats that year in the World Series, but it's one of those that, you know, somebody from the, you know, from Ohio that got to play for the Indians during a World Series run. So, again, if you want more information about that golf outing at talnarragon.com, the event is scheduled for May 8th. At uh, Chippewa Golf Club, that is in Doylestown, Ohio, and uh, we encourage you to uh, get some more information about that outing and participate. Hopefully, it'll be a nice day, kind of like it is today, Dave, a good day to get out there and golf. And speaking of that, we're going to talk golf next week. With now both courses open up at Mill Creek Park, we'll talk to the director of golf, Brian Tonar, and I know he's just been waiting for days like we've had yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm sure it's been packed the last three days. Oh, yeah, considering last week when we had the uh, uh, freak snowstorm that came out of nowhere, which shut down both courses, and he actually posted on Facebook that the courses were shut down. So I know Brian's loving this weather that we're going to have this week. It looks like it's going to... It looks like we're done with the snow. Knock on wood. <laughs> I was going to so. say, I don't want to go that far just yet, yeah. but it is a, we are it, done. It is only April, but yeah. And uh, get out to Mill Creek Golf Course. That's one of the best golf courses in our area. It, the greens are great. The uh, fairways are excellent. It, it's really a nice course. It's a nice outing. You're set right in the middle of Mill Creek Park. You can't ask for anything better. So get out there and golf. Yeah, we will talk to Brian on next week's show. We will also recap the Masters that is, of course, beginning on Thursday down uh, in Augusta, Georgia. So we will recap the Masters with him. We'll talk about everything going on uh, at Mill Creek Park and all of the other recreational activities that uh, Brian is involved with, everything out there on the golf course. So we're going to continue talking with some local coaches as by all means continues here on Western Reserve Radio. We've tried over the last couple of weeks to talk to all of the new high school football coaches in the Valley 
Valley. And that's going to continue here in a couple minutes as we are joined by first-time head coach Sam Bellino, who takes over at Lakeview. We talked to Coach Pavlansky, who left Lakeview, moved on to his alma mater in Poland. Uh, we will now talk to the new head coach, Sam Bellino, who spent the last eight years on the coaching staff at Hubbard. And now he is the head coach at Lakeview. So he will join us after we take the break here on By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio. Miss an episode of By All Means and you can miss a lot. To the radio play-by-play voice and our buddy back from here at Youngstown, it is the voice Fitz. Everett Fitz, you, my friend, how are you? Man, it feels good to hear your voice again, Mark. Everything's going well and definitely uh, excited to be back on the airwaves uh, briefly for uh, here in Youngstown. By all means, Tuesdays at 5, right here on Western Reserve Radio and streaming live on westernreserveradio.com. Continues right here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Visit MillCreekMetroParks.org for more information. Right back here on this Tuesday edition of the show, we're joined by new Lakeview head coach Sam Bellino. Coach Bellino, congratulations on your first head coaching job there at Lakeview. Uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on here. Um, I'm, I'm privileged to. Uh, be out there a legend and coach Grizz. He was a phenomenal coach. He I uh, played against a bunch of teams he coached for, but um yeah, I'm super excited about my opportunity at Lakeview and uh you know, I'm ready to get going. What was it about Lakeview that attracted you to that job after spending the last 8 years coaching on the staff at your alma mater in Hubbard? Yeah, I think the uh the similarities between the community um that I'm uh, grew up in and was familiar with in Hubbard um and, and Cortland was a big draw for me. Um, so, you know, going into the interview process, I kind of had an idea in my head, the type of hard-nosed kids that, you know, if I was able to get the job that I was going to be working with. So that was that was one of the big, big reasons why I thought it'd be a, a really good opportunity for me to, to jump on board. When you look at the program the last couple of years, things have been down a little bit for a traditionally loaded, tough Lakeview football program. How do you jump in there and kind of turn things around uh, for a very proud, successful Lakeview football program? Yeah, Lakeview, you know, annually has has had some really, really tough uh, teams. And and Coach Pavlansky has done a phenomenal job um, with the program for the 22, 25 years that he was at Lakeview. Um, you know, I can't speak highly enough about him. Uh, you, you know, every every program tends to have some ups and downs. And, uh, you know, in the perfect world, they had some, some downs recently. And, and Coach Pavlansky saw a really good opportunity to uh, take over at Poland, you know, where the stadium's named after his father. And, uh, you know, I told the kids when I took over that I, I wasn't coming in to, you know, try to one-up Coach Pavlansky, you know, because, like I said, he's done a, a great job with the program, um, but, but more so build off of, you know, what he, he built and, and, uh, and kind of put my own little fingerprint on, on some things. You look at the conference and pretty much it seems like every team is either a perennial playoff team or a team that's always right there battling uh, to make the playoffs. So it's, it's a challenging game week in and week out when you play in the NEA. Yeah. Uh, you know, just looking at our schedule, you know, we go through a stretch where, you know, weeks six through nine were Struthers, Hubbard, Poland, South Range. 
And then, you know, we end the year at Jefferson who, you know, beat, uh, beat us last year. So like you said, every game is going to be a, a, a dog fight. Um, and, you know, if we only won one game last year, but, you know, I look around the guys that I have around in the weight room and, uh, the talent that I have, um, showing up every day, working hard. And, uh, I think that, you know, being in each game is going to be a positive, but, you know, if we can build a certain mentality, you know, no quit mentality, you know, those close games that, you know, they've been losing the past few years, we might be able to get on top and get a win. And I know you haven't been officially named the head coach for all that long, but are you working on putting your staff together? Yeah, um, I'm pretty, pretty set with the staff. Um, it, it took a little bit longer than, you know, I thought, uh, but being so late in the off season, taking over um, a lot of guys that, you know, are close friends with me or, um, you know, I've spoke to in the past about coaching with me they've committed to coach somewhere else and uh you know they gave their program now their word to coach with them and you know i i can't fault them for you know not obviously leaving after putting their word into the program but um it took a little bit longer than i thought but i'm I'm really excited about the staff that i have i got a good mixture of some youth and excitement and, and hunger and uh some older guys with experience um that you know obviously he's going to help me also as a head coach. What is the plan scheme-wise on both sides of the ball, Coach? Is it one of those where, you know, maybe take a little bit of time to you know, see what you've got and, and develop your offense and defense towards the talent you currently have, or do you want to you know, put a system in and kind of design around that specifically? Yeah, you know, defensively, um, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about uh, the scheme defensively. I think I definitely want to be too high with safeties. Um, and like you said, I kind of got to see what I have when it comes to defensive linemen versus linebackers, um, you know, when it comes to a 4-3 versus 3-4. But, uh, you know, just teaching the fundamentals defensively is, is what we're going to focus on early, and then the scheme will come to us defensively. I'm not too worried about that. Offensively, um, I'm going to look to implement something similar to what Coach Pevlansky has done, um, a power gun team with some fullback action and, and some shifts and motions. But, um, you know, the, the, the verbiage all obviously is going to be a little bit different for the kids around the program. So that's the one thing that we want to get going on is getting the kids used to, you know, the different type of words that are going to come out of my mouth and my staff's mouth because, you know, they're not used to what we're saying. They, they're used to what Coach Pavlansky and his staff had had said for, you know, years and years and years. But, um, you know, football is football. It'll just be about them getting used to that and and doing a lot less thinking and just flying around. Do you think there's a lot of influence on the high school level? You know, you mentioned like a, a spread power offense. The first thing I think of with that is uh, kind of what Ohio State likes to run. They're going to spread you out, but their goal is to run the football. And it, it seems like that's kind of what we see a lot throughout the state of Ohio now is it's more spread so you can get some matchups across the field. But the ultimate goal, it seems like, of a high school football team in Ohio is to run the ball first. Yeah, it, it's it's no secret that teams want to be able to run the ball. Um, and I think having a quarterback run game and being able to spread a defense out and, and putting some defensive guys in some, some binds and some stressful situations um, makes it a lot easier for the offensive side of the ball. So there's definitely an influence from the college level. Um, you know, there's, there's so many different avenues to, to learn from and to hear coaches from the collegiate level talk and, and, it's just, it's just some of the things that these guys say, you don't really think about it as a high school coach, but you're just like, you know, why didn't I think of that? That's so simple. Why aren't we doing that? Um, 
but yeah, there, there's no secret that you know most high school teams want to ground and pound you, no matter how if they want to get under centers in, in a power eye or a wing tee. Um, the, the goal is to wear you out by running the football. And I know, of course, there's probably been a lot of coaches around the valley that have influenced you as you go into your first year as a head coach, and uh, I assume it, uh, it starts with uh, Coach Hoffman at Hubbard, and then goes to many others. Yeah, Mark, I got to be honest, man. The the amount of um, phone calls and texts and gestures that I got from from not only just coaches but um, people that know people was was amazing and and like you said at the top of the list was coach Hoffman and he uh you know it was obviously a little bit awkward because you know you're applying for a job that's in conference um but you know coach Hoffman and I have been talking for years about you know, my plans, my future. And he, and he knew what I wanted to do. He knew what, what I saw in my future. Um, and when the conversation came up, it, he was, he was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he couldn't have supported me anymore. Um, and, and I'm super grateful that he gave me the opportunity to coach with him, you know, right out of high school. Um, and then have the faith in, in a young guy as a defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, he, he was just, it's, it's been a blessing to, to be able to coach under him. Have you thought about uh, when you will take your Lakeview team into Hubbard to face your alma mater uh, at, at the latter portion of the upcoming season? It's just what the challenges might be to kind of put aside the fact that this is where you coach, this is where you went to high school, and you're there to lead Lakeview and try to get a win on the road. Yeah, you know, um, luckily this year we, we play Hubbard at Lakeview. So we're at home this year. Um, the following year will be will be at Hubbard and and yeah I've thought about it it'll be it'll be strange for sure being on the other side of the field looking looking up at the press box instead of uh you know having the press box behind you on the home home side but um I'm looking forward to it I'm looking forward to the challenge Hubbard obviously is perennially a a really good football team and um you know I'm going to use what I learned at Hubbard you know from from coach Hoffman and you know when I played under coach Bayek and, and hope to build a program at Lakeview that is annually making the playoffs, um, winning the conference, um, making runs in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be strange, but I'm looking forward to it. And you'll have the opportunity, like you mentioned, to you know look across the field and see Coach Hoffman, uh, look across the field at, at Struthers where Coach Baek is assisting his son there with the Wildcats and you know, see some of those guys that influenced you and turned you into the coach that you are today. Yeah, you know, uh, Coach Baek, um Coach Jeff Baek obviously was my coach uh, when I was a sophomore at Hubbard, that was his final year at Hubbard. Um, and you know, I tell everybody, you know, I, I was I was extremely blessed to, to play and coach under Coach Hoffman, but I was also blessed to have a year under uh, Coach Baek too. And, and you know, you think back and you again, coach, football is football, but um, you know, you learn different things from different people, and they both did. They both were very successful in their own ways. Um, yeah, he. And, and Coach John Bick, uh at Struthers, obviously, you know him and I go way back. Uh, we we played little league baseball together. Um, he was a senior when I was a sophomore. We played together at Hubbard, um, and, and he's also been great through this whole process of taking over a program because it's it's relatively new for him too over at Struthers. Um, but he, yeah, he's been awesome, and I look forward to that matchup too. He's got a couple guys on staff that I played with, and I'm still friends with. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a battle, and, and I look forward to those battles. When you step back and you look at this year, and we're all hoping that things are, uh, you know, like they have been in, in the past, and we're able to kind of uh, get through this most difficult uh, of high school football seasons, 
Uh, what do you think will be, you know, will there be more challenges like there have been in the past? Or uh, maybe we could actually get back to a 10-game season, expanded playoffs, and uh, kind of get things back to the way they have been in Ohio. I'm hoping so, Mark. I, I really am. Um, you know, I feel for Coach Bayek over at Shuthers to have his first year have to be like it was last year. Um, and and it, was, it was just – it was daunting on everybody. Um, but I'm hoping there's some sort of normalcy this year. And, and it feels like there will be, you know, with the um, professional sports starting to open up a little bit with their capacities. Um, some of the states obviously are, are um, lifting certain mandates. Uh, it starts, it's starting to feel that way, but I'd be ignorant to, to make a, a, a comment on what it's going to be like. I can only hope that, it, you know, it's a 10-game regular season with as many fans as we can fit in the stadium and uh, it's, you know, our normal playoff pitcher, even though I think this year we're, we're moving to a 12-team playoff um, bracket. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping it's normal, man. I, I really am. Have you been able to, with the restrictions that are in place, have you been able to really get together and get with your players and start knowing the guys that will be on your roster, or has that been a slow process? Uh, you know what? It's, it's been okay. Um, you know, the, with baseball and track going on right now, I haven't really gotten to sit down with everybody, um, but I'm, I'm definitely been able to meet some guys that's in the weight room, um, you know, obviously with the restrictions. Um, and, and, you know, I've been sitting down with these guys one-on-one too, trying to learn about them and, and, and let them know, learn about me too, because this is going to be new for them too. Um, and, you know, when I came in, uh, I, I met with the seniors to start and I, you know, I, I let them know that they're going to have as much as an influence on, you know, what this program is going to be in the future as I am. Um, so I'm putting a lot on the seniors' plates, um, and I think they can handle it, man. It's a small group number-wise of seniors, but they are, they're working their tails off in the weight room. Some of them play baseball, and, you know, they're going to practice and, and finding time to hit the weights. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really excited about the guys that I have around that have been around in the weight room, um, and I think they're excited too. There's a certain excitement in the weight room, and uh, there's, there's a lot of energy flowing around right now. Coach, appreciate it. Congratulations on taking over that uh, Lakeview program, and we'll talk to you again in the fall. Thanks for a few minutes of your time. All right, Mark. Thanks for having me, man. First year, Lakeview head coach Sam Bellino. Western Reserve Radio brought to you by our friends at Mill Creek Golf Course. For more information or to book your tee time, go to MillCreekMetroParks.org. Thank you to retiring former Poland Boys basketball coach Ken Grisdale, who joined us in the opening segment. And you just heard from first-year Lakeview head football coach Sam Bellino, who is taking over the Lakeview Bulldog football program there in the NEA. Coming up on next week's show, we recap the Masters and we find out what's going on at Mill Creek Metro Parks with the director of golf, Brian Tonar. Don't forget, this show is available in podcast form. Just search for By All Means on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and many of your other favorite places to listen to podcasts or by following me on Twitter at Mark underscore Means. That is going to do it for today's edition of By All Means for executive producer Dave Ferris back at our Western Reserve Radio Studios in the Struthers. My name is Mark Means, and you've been listening to by all means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. We'll talk to you next week.